Kohakaka. So it's the 1st of May 2022. This opportunity now is the time to develop my mindfulness. And we do that now in the sitting posture. But really we can develop mindfulness in all postures, whether standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, whether eating or drinking, speaking, listening, thinking, we can have mindfulness. So when we begin to train, begin to practice, we need to know about this path of practice, a path that will lead us to Marga, Pala, Nibbana, the paths, the fruitions, Nibbana. And we have a belief in rebirth, in the passing away, in the uh, getting born, and the cycling between these. That the Buddha, before he awakened, he had this knowledge that he was able to recollect previous existences. He could see uh, the mind cycling between birth and death in the cycle of samsara. The minds that still have ignorance and craving and clinging, and that's what takes them to be born and to die over and over again. If the meritorious things that we've done uh, give results, then we'll get a good birth. If the harmful things that we've done show results, um, then there'll be a birth of suffering. And so for us to be born into this life, and that's our karma following us, that's given us this birth, our place of birth, the family that we're born into, how much mindfulness and how much wisdom we have that's our karma following us. And so if uh, the good deeds that we've done, this good karma, bears results, then we'll be happy. It gives us happiness. If it's not good things, that fruits, then suffering comes up. And it comes up in this present moment. And we can look at the effects it has on our bodies. And some people die at just a very young age. Or while they're still young, they get very uh, severe illnesses. And some people, at the age of 30 or 40 or 50, their cells have degenerated a lot already. And there are many people who are like this. And we can view these bodies as being the birthplace of illness. It's lokanitang, that this body is a body of sickness. And where do illnesses arise? They arise here, in this body. In the 32 parts, the various organs and limbs, this is where illnesses come up. And so we can't afford to be heedless, because we just don't know. We don't know whether the illnesses we get, whether they'll be very strong or very mild, or whether they'll cause us to die. We don't know when this is going to come up, but we do know that it will come up for us. So we must set our hearts on developing mindfulness and on contemplating. So we have this time now to cultivate mindfulness and to bring our minds to a steady and firm state, bring them into samadhi. 
And when we have these two qualities of sati, it's recollection or, or mindfulness, <coughs> and sampajanya, this clear awareness, taking care of the mind, then we can contemplate and see the body as being just that, just a body. So we may doubt um, when we hear this phrase, the body in the body, contemplate the body in the body. What's that like? Well, this is the language of contemplation that's being used. You see, the outer body is the hair of the head, hair of the body, the nails, the teeth, the skin. This is the external. And so the kind of outer or the external inner body is our own bodies. But what about the body in the body? What's that like? Well, we see how the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, these cover over the internal parts. And we look at them and we get the feeling that they're beautiful. But who is it that makes that claim that there's beauty there? The eye sees a form, and what it sees is hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. We listen to a sound from bodies, but those sounds are just coming from a body. We say that the sounds that we hear are beautiful, or they may be harsh, they may be sounds of scolding or abuse, well, they may just be kind of neutral sounds, sounds that we're indifferent to. But those all come from forms, they all come from bodies. And the smells, um, they come from bodies as well. And when there's tactile sensation, and there's touch from other bodies. And even the thoughts that appear in our minds, these feelings we get of liking, and what we like are forms. So if the energy of our mindfulness is lacking, then when our eyes see a form or a sound comes in through the ears, a odor through the nose, a taste contacts the tongue, a tactile sensation contacts the body, then already we're deluded. These external sense media contact the internal sense organs, and delusion appears right there. So therefore we need to train in mindfulness a lot, and to really have a lot of mindfulness, and to have sampajanya as well as clear awareness, so that the mind can settle into stillness, it can become peaceful, and this is very important. And then we contemplate these bodies and see that these bodies need to break apart. One day they must die. And life is uncertain, but death is certain. Death is the culmination of this life. This life must end in death. And this is the contemplation of death, mindfulness of death. And it can bring the mind to stillness and to peace. And when the mind is calm and quiet, then what happens then? Well, we see that really no one dies. And here is insight, wisdom coming up, as understanding is arising. We understand how people and beings, they come up just through our proliferations. 
But if there's wisdom that arises in its state, then we see that it's just that, it's just a body. And this is panya arising. So the benefits of cultivating samadhi and mindfulness is that wisdom arises and we're able to abandon attachments. And if we can abandon many of them, then we'll start seeing clearly into this body. And we'll be able to destroy Sakayaditi, this view, self-view, which is really firmly stuck within. We'll be able to overcome this first barrier of the three lower fetters. And if we're able to destroy those, then there's no eighth life left. And this is where it's really hard, this first barrier, it's difficult here, but if we're able to overcome that, then what's left is not long, it won't take a long time. And at the very least, this mind will have to reach Nibbāna. So it's this first barrier that's the really tricky one. And so we have to put in our efforts, we don't hold back, really put in the effort into developing mindfulness, into bringing up wisdom, so that these qualities do arise for us. And this is not above our abilities, if we take it for real, if we really set our hearts on this. These defilements, they reside within the jitta, in the mind, and they're not within the body. And so we don't need to torture our bodies like the Buddha did before his awakening. He did that already. The Kruba Ajans, the great teachers, they've trained, they've practiced already, and they've told us this straight path to Nibbāna. It's there in the sutras as well, that form is emptiness, that uh, is form or body and feelings, perception, um, thoughts and vijnana, sense consciousness, these are empty. And emptiness um, is form. Not all things are empty, and all things are Buddha. And it's always been this way. Even if a Buddha doesn't awaken, the Dharma is already here, it's already like this. We just need to train ourselves to see it. And it won't take long if we set our hearts on that. If we really take it for real. If we focus, if we meditate. So if we're sincere in our mental cultivation, and it doesn't take long. So like right now, we have this opportunity to sit in meditation. And, that's, and we do that regularly, um, each day, training ourselves. Sometimes we have the opportunity to come to the monastery, maybe for three days or five or seven days. And it's a good opportunity then for us to practice in a peaceful place. So we try to speak little and watch our minds a lot. And if people are really intent on training and on speaking little, then we shouldn't disturb them. And for those who are intent on training, they shouldn't feel like they're putting other people out. And they shouldn't feel bad for other people that they're only speaking a little bit. We can tell the others that I'm really set on meditating, so I'm going to just speak a little bit. <coughs> I'm going to try to develop mindfulness a lot. 
and really focus on this practice. To try to destroy this first barrier, to see the body as just a body, to try to muster up, gather together the energy of our mindfulness and a clear awareness, <coughs> so that they become strong and so that they become firm. When the eye sees a form, and we feel as though that's beautiful, but is that true? Is it really beautiful? This hair on our heads, is that actually beautiful? The hair on the bodies, is that beautiful? The nails, the teeth, the skin, are they beautiful? If we see these bodies in an unclear way, um, then we feel as though they are beautiful. But if we contemplate, maybe contemplate if we don't wash these bodies, then will they still be beautiful then? Or just after three days, not washing them, not cleaning them. Or we can contemplate the things that come out of these bodies, that get excreted from them. And they're all disgusting things. Yet no one wants them, no one likes them. And in the space of four months, there's 60 kilograms of waste that gets excreted from these bodies. And so in the space of a year, that's three 60 kilogram bags. For someone who's lived for 30 years, and those, it's like 90 um, bags of 60 kilograms of human waste. So there's many disgusting things that come out but it's just we don't think about them, we don't contemplate, we don't meditate. We have delusion that's running our minds, and so we see bodies as being beautiful, and that's how we've perceived them for a very long time now. Therefore, we need to train in contemplation, in reflection, because what we're after is peace of mind. And if we don't reflect, then we'll see forms as being beautiful. And this just wastes the energy of our minds through becoming attracted and uh, delighted towards them. And our minds aren't peaceful, and with an unpeaceful mind we won't be able to see the Dhamma. So we engage in these kamatana themes. Kamatana means the basis of our work. And we train together, we try to do this. And as we go through that, then in the end, we will see the body as being unattractive. When we see it as being something that isn't beautiful, then the mind turns bright. And this is right. This way of practice is right. And we get that uh, faith that we are on the right path. We've seen bodies as being beautiful for our entire lives already. And so some people, they're able to contemplate and see the unattractiveness of bodies, but that's just temporary for them, and seeing them in that way, because the energy of samadhi is still not yet firm. But when samadhi does become well established, then we see clearly and really how these bodies are unattractive, and the mind settles into peace. So this is a samatha kamatana, meditation object uh, for the arising of peace. 
that joy arises, calm arises. But this is still just the kind of stilling of the mind, the calming of the mind, but it's not yet peace that comes through wisdom. But when that contemplation goes in deeper and we see the body break apart, see it break into its elements, and those elements break into emptiness, this emptiness arises. And see forms as being emptiness. So initially we see the forms as just being forms, but if we separate them out, then they're empty. And emptiness is form. It form it's form in terms of convention. But if we look at it in its reality, then it's not there. It's just empty. This emptiness is emptiness. It's just that we don't see it as being empty. What we see is a self because of the delusion there that's instructing and directing our minds. But as we carry on contemplating, we become more skilled at this. And the clarity with which we see this grows and grows until we see the Dhamma and we're able to destroy uh, becoming and birth. And if we don't do this, then it just goes on and on and on without end. A hundred lives, a million lives, it just carries on going. And we don't know when it's going to stop. So we should focus in this life right now and try to develop all the kinds of goodness that we can develop for the sake of wisdom arising within our minds so that we can destroy ignorance, so that we can change the views that we have these incorrect views that we've had for such a long time now and change them into right views so we can get rid of all our doubts. And then we know for ourselves right here is where we see the Dhamma and we see the Buddha clearly within our own hearts. This is something that we need to do. We need to take it for real, to not hold back. The great teachers, they've seen this already, they've awakened already. And so the monastics and the laity, may you set your hearts on this, each one of you. And for the sake of tearing apart these defilements, of destroying these three lower fetters in this life, and so we don't have to die and be born again for such a long time, that this gets reduced and there's no eighth life left. So may you set your hearts on this.